welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Hey, hey, my friends. Welcome back today, you guys. Oh my gosh, I just can't believe it. But today we are here kicking off season four of the Heart of Dating podcast. And it just feels so surreal. You guys, we have been around now for a year and a half. And so many of you guys have been here with us, growing with us, or maybe you're new. And if you are, hi, we're so happy you're in our community here today. But you guys, it's just so cool to me that we are already launching season four. We are ready. We have been refreshed and we are going to bring you such incredible content for this fourth season. Now, I got to say, I hope that you've enjoyed your summer. And as we approach this fall season and back to school and back to work mode and all the new things, we wanted to kick you off with some fresh, new and incredible dating content to really spice up and freshen your dating life. Okay. But before we get into the episode today, I just want to make a few announcements for you at the beginning of season four. So first of all, we have some incredible episodes planned with great guests and amazing topics coming your way. But I also want to say, if you ever have topics or guests that you want us to have on the podcast, will you do us a favor and DM us those topics and people on Instagram at at Heart of Dating and just let us know who you'd like on, who it is, if there's any books, whatever you recommend, we'd love to hear it. We want to serve you guys the very best that we can. So we'd love to just hear from you guys. And if you're not already connected with us on Instagram, come join the party on Instagram at at Heart of Dating. We'd love to connect with you there. Also, I got a favor to ask of you guys, all right? If you are a fan of The Heart of Dating, whether you are new or you've been here for a while, will you do us a favor and write us a review on iTunes to help us rev up this next season? To do that, you can scroll to the bottom of iTunes, rank us five stars, and write a short review. It's going to be so helpful for us as we gain more ears to listen to this podcast going into this fourth season. Last but not least, I wanted to share with you that we're all about serving you guys, okay? And so we actually have created some free resources to help you along in the dating process. And today I want to share with you a free resource that we created to go along with this episode, which is all about how to show interest to somebody you like. In this resource, we talk about your body language, how to not awkwardly approach someone, and rather just how to confidently put yourself out there. So if you want this free resource, you can go ahead and visit heartofdating.com forward slash show interest, and it will immediately be emailed to you. Okay, so let's get into the episode today, shall we? To kick off this next season, I wanted to invite my amazing friend and dating extraordinaire, Bianca Oltop onto the show. You might remember her because she joined us back in season two and shared with us some epic wisdom and advice about Christianese. But since then, Bianca has continued to preach on the subject of dating and relationships. And she even just this week launched a book called How to Have Your Life Not Suck, which you guys can get today on Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, all the things. And I highly, highly, highly recommend getting it. Today, we are kicking off season four, talking about how to have your dating life not suck. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the waters are ambiguous. I know you might feel like you are in a dating wilderness. I know it might feel confusing. So I wanted to empower you with some fresh empowerment from the fiercest, fiery, truth-speaking Mexican herself, okay? Now, Bianca and her husband, Matt Oltoff, co-pastor a church in Orange County called The Father's House. You guys, it's such an incredible community, and they even just announced that they are opening a second campus of The Father's House in Norco, a men's prison here in SoCal that I actually visited earlier this year. I love their hearts so much. I love Bianca. She does so much speaking, and she is just the fiercest, you guys. So today, we talk about how to really make your dating life thrive versus suck. We talk about acceptable 
couple stalking. We talk about romancing and the pursuit. We talk about managed expectations and stating your needs. We talk about knowing what you're actually looking for. And we also talk about dropping the hanky. You guys know it's one of my favorite things to talk about. We talk about so many things. You guys are going to love it. We are coming in hot over here with Bianca. And I just highly recommend that after you listen today to get her book, How to Have Your Life Not Suck. Okay, y'all, so glad to have you back. Now let's get into this episode with Bianca Oltoff. Bianca Oltoff, so excited to have you back today on Heart of Dating. Welcome, girlfriend. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for having me. This is awesome, girl. I am so excited, especially to have you back today because... You have some amazing new news, girl, and you just basically came out with such an incredible book, Um, and I want you to tell us all about it. Tell everyone about it. I've already read it. I love it. I've been raving about it already, but what is it? And tell everyone what what inspired you to write this amazing book. (laughs) Well, thank you for that love. Seriously. So (laughs) the book is entitled How to Have Your Life Not Suck, Mm -hmm. Becoming Today, Who You Want to Become Tomorrow. And honestly, the book came out of like my epic, massive need. So I remember when I was 25 years old and I so desperately wanted like a mentor or a coach or someone just to come alongside and say, Hey, I know your life sucks right now, but I'm going to help you like guide you along the way. And, um, this is basically the letter that I wish I would have had at 25. Um, so I took three main concepts that I think uh, people wrestling, not just in their 20s, but experiencing some sort of pivot point or transition point that I feel can help expedite their learning curve. And the first one is on dating and relationships. The second is on faith and spirituality. And then the final one is on adulting and growing up. Mm, It's so good. I love how you really separate it into those three parts because it's so practical in those three areas are huge areas we need help in. And obviously, you know, we're on Heart of Dating here. I love the first third of your book, basically the first part of the book, (laughs) all on dating and relationships. I had a feeling you would. (laughs) Yeah, girl. I love it. So I'm titling this episode today, How to Have Your Dating Life Not Suck, because all of us people need to know how to make our dating life not suck, because a lot of them feel like it kind (laughs) of sucks right now. (laughs) Um, so let's talk about that. I mean, it's a very ambiguous, murky world in the Christian dating space. I know that you talk about it a lot as well. And a lot of people feel like they're just abandoned in this like dating wilderness. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to make it better. They aren't meeting great people. They feel like there's no prospects around. And it even starts like giving them some negative feelings about themselves in the process, or they just feel hopeless, like it's never going to happen for them. So I kind of want to, I've broken down some questions here based on reading your book and especially the first third of your book. Um, So everyone's going to have to go and buy it right after they hear this. Um, But I love in the very beginning of dating, even we have to like I love that you talk about this concept of doing your research. And the first chapter of your book, you bring up a concept called acceptable stalking. And I want to talk this off for a second here because I'm with you, girl. I kind of become a professional female Sherlock Holmes uh, sometimes. Absolutely. Um, so what does acceptable stalking look like? Because I feel like some people are like, what? Stalking? But then other people are like, right. oh, okay. yeah, Okay, And that. I want to clarify. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I want to clarify that because I don't want people to think that this is their license or permission slip to start being like a peeping peeping Tom right, and like right, stalk right. people literally. I, the, the caveat is acceptable stalking, which I basically refer yeah. to as online stalking. There is a lot of information online that you can find out about someone. And even if nothing pulls up uh, in the initial Google search, social media provides such an easy, simple way for people to do their research. Mm -hmm. And so I say this in the book, but I also say this just in conversations over coffee with a lot of my single friends, guys and girls, where we have these conversations and they're like, well, they seem really nice, but I really don't know them. And I sometimes will face one of two things. One, they don't want to pry and feel like they're, you know, having an yeah. expose of someone's life uh, from from like a, a distance or like a stalker type of way yeah. or in a voyeuristic kind of way. But then the <laughs> other side is that sometimes we can lose ourselves in so much stalking that we feel like we have created this person <laughs> in our mind and the character in our mind. And then we're gravely let down when we meet them in real life. So I think, again, this goes into acceptable stalking is that social media doesn't, display your whole life. It's not the totality of who you are. It's a glimpse into a person's life. 
And so um, a couple of examples that I have is like, if, if every image on Google search or on social media is, is of somebody in a kegger at a party, <laughs> half dressed and not coherent, that's probably a good sign that they're an alcoholic or totally immature and irresponsible. <laughs> at the same time, if somebody is, you know, constantly wearing like Tevas and have a camel water back and love deworming children in Somalia, they probably have a heart that is super externally focused. And so sometimes, sometimes what acceptable stalking will allow us to do is to get a glimpse and a sense of who a person is. And so don't be afraid to do your research. Don't be afraid to see if you have friends that are connected or a network that's connected. And then don't be afraid to reach out to someone. Maybe someone knows them. I think that in doing research, it might save you some heartache, a waste of time or a waste of money, a waste of energy, a waste of effort, Mm. or even a waste of emotion. If we just take that one little step in researching a a particular person before we go on a date with them. Mm, I agree with you so much because a lot of people can present to be something like even on so like online dating and stuff like that. And so I'm always like, you know, a lot of people say like, oh, is this person really a Christian? And a lot of people can put the word Christian, especially on an online dating profile. You know, a lot of people check that box when they're like, what's your religious pre- preference? But maybe but that doesn't mean they truly have a relationship with Jesus. And so if that you go to their online profile, like on Instagram and you like see them just out partying in every photo, I'm like, mm, are they really though? You know? And I think that's a really good tell because I'm like, I'll have that with guys who are like Christian. I'm like, okay, but let's see for real. And then I'm like, okay, you're literally in Vegas every weekend at a party. I'm not really sure that would be the lifestyle I want to join up with. <laughs> at least not on my end. And to clarify for some people and some convictions, they don't have a problem with that. This is not a sense yeah. of being judgmental, but I love the caveat that you provided. It's just not for me. Yeah. And I think that that's something that's so great. So I, I want to clarify also that acceptable stocking isn't for the things that you don't like. It could be fi- finding out and discovering things that you do like. Right. And so I love that your caveat is mm-hmm. for me. And yes. uh, some people love to turn up and well, I hate Snooki is down for that. <laughs> or but that's I think if you're the type of person that- of like being out there with people and really be and I really respect people that I know that are like actually really in those kinds of scenes. So I don't want to judge to your point either. <laughs> no, but again, I feel like I know I felt I loved your caveat though. Yeah. It's like for, for me. me. Yep, exactly. And um again, don't want to be judgmental, but at the same time, don't want to be foolish and act a dang fool and hook up with someone that you know in the long run, they're just not going to take this relationship or you seriously. Right. Also it's fun- funny because sometimes social media reveals some things like they're still in a relationship or that still happened to me as well. Me? And I'm like, oh, okay, interesting, very interesting. Anyway, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Or they say they're single, but there's still this mysterious person that's showing up in all these photos, and it's your just their really good friend. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. Be careful of those ones too. So true. Uh, I love that girl. So do some research, some acceptable stalking, and I think in the book you say this too, but like making sure you're not overly finding out everything about them. That's always really awkward. And I'm not going to lie, I've probably done that on a date where I've maybe researched too much. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, yeah, so you're from Kentucky, right? And they're like, how did you know that? Or it's like, you know, you have like four siblings. (laughs) They're like, I never told you that. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Um, I love that. I love that. You're like, don't want to know everything about them either. So I love that. There's got to be a boundary. (laughs) Now, also, girl, in chapter three, I love this chapter two, you talk about wanting the woo, basically, which in essence is just wanting intentional pursuit and even this idea of being bromanced. And I do see a lot of women in general lowering their standards and um, about this specifically. And I also see a lot of guys lowering some of their efforts, mainly because of cultural norms these days, right? Now, and I don't want to blame it fully on the guys. I do think we've joined into this culture where people just don't pursue quite as much as they used to. It's not quite as culturally the way we do things, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't press against that and um, actually try to to serve women. And like, I mean, we didn't even go into this, but the whole huge concept of your book is about Ruth and and her as an amazing woman of God in the Bible and, you know, Boaz and his amazing character and how he, in a way, wooed her in a sense. Um, so why is it okay? Like, should women want to be romanced in our culture, even if that's not what the cultural norm says we need? Right. Okay. So 
And I want to, I, I, I love that this is a question mm-hmm. that we get to have together because the truth of the matter is, is that romance looks different to different people. And sure. so you have, you get to, you have the privilege and the luxury of determining what is romantic to you. Mm-hmm. And so um, one great book that it's a resource outside of this book. And yes, I'm pushing other things yeah, besides my it. book, because I don't think that there's one book that it's going to address this perfectly, but I love Dr. Gary Chapman's five love languages. Yes. And um, it helps you identify different ways that you not only receive love, but give love. And so I think that romance um, is rooted in the sense of love. So having an understanding of how you want to be loved and how you loved others is going to be super helpful. That being said, um, I I labeled this woo because woo is different from like petals on a bed and horseback riding at sunset and, you know, fireworks on your first kiss. And that is kind of what we picture in our mind. Now, I want to be really careful that that's not the standard that we're setting across the board. And I feel like sometimes a lot of the people that we date feel like they they don't even know how to try or want to try because that bar feels mm, so high. Right. But what if we go back and we whittle this down to this concept of woo? What does it look like to woo woo someone's heart? Yeah. To just draw them in ever so gently. And that is not a tall order. And I see a lot of my friends accepting really poor behavior or accepting like subpar behavior right. because it, they feel like that's all that they can get. Yeah. Or this is as good as it's going to get. Yes. So two things. If a guy is just treating you like absolute trash and you're not getting the the romance or that woo that you're wanting from them, ask yourself the hard question. Is this guy capable of change? And is he really interested in you? The second question is, if he is able to change, what would it look like to gently coach them? Yeah. And so a lot of my friends, a lot of my single friends have given up on guys because they're like, well, he just doesn't love me this way. Well, I've been married now. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But in September, it will be nine years. I've been oh married for nine years. I love it, girl. And wow. I know. I know. Miracles happen, friends. <laughs> yes. We haven't killed each other yet. Yes. yes um, but I remember like the first two years of our marriage, I felt like... Um, um, we'd lost the love and feeling like mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel wooed. I didn't feel like things were romantic anymore. And I realized I have to coach my husband on some of the things that I want, some of the things that I need. So I would be as direct as saying, you know what, Matthew, I really love when you bring me flowers. You know, I really love when you bring me white flowers. Mm-hmm. You know what I really love that? Remember that candle that you got me for our, our one year anniversary? I would love that again because it reminds me of our one year anniversary. So mm-hmm. it's dropping hints. And when they feel like they can win and it's attainable, yeah. notice I did not say, I would really love a unicorn. You know, yes. we're asking for things that they are within means. We're asking for things that will communicate right. ways that we want to be loved. And uh, for me, uh, acts, uh, uh, for my husband, acts of service are how he feels loved. But mm. for me, words of affirmation and gifts. Yeah. Well, girl, I want it all. Okay. Yeah, I, want I, know. It all. I want all five. But, like, let's um, be real. <laughs> yes. But words of affirmation, or excuse me, yeah, words of affirmation and gifts are my big thing. And so I'll tell him like, hey, I love when you used to write me cards or I love when you put a post-it note on my coffee cup in the morning. And sometimes it's just coaching the person that we love to let them know the things that we love and that makes us feel romance. And I'm sure that there's someone listening right now saying, wait, are you saying I should tell someone how I want to be romanced? Yes, sister, I am. Because if this person meets all these other requirements you may have, you know, you're sexually attracted to them, your vision and aligns. And the one thing is that you're not feeling romance sister, get on, get on the right page and coach a brother, help a brother out. Uh, so if, so again, I go back to want the woo. It is okay to be romance, keep the bar high. Mm. And if you just help your brother get to the bar, yes. And amen. Yes. That's so good, Bianca, because like you said, guys want the small wins. Like they want to feel like they can win. And this is something my therapist taught me. And it like, you know, how we can actually have needs that aren't demands either. Like, and I think we actually are going to talk about this even more in another question, but I've tried to basically frame up my needs to somebody or how I like to be romance being like, you know, when you do this, it makes me feel this way. So when you brought me flowers at one time, it made me just feel so seen and valued by you. And like sharing that with them, they're like, oh, well, I want her to feel connected to me or I want her to feel seen and valued. So I want to do that. Right. And a lot of times, even for the guys listening, like if you, if the girl, if you feel like she is frustrated or you don't really know what she wants, please ask this question too. Like, what can I do? A question to ask maybe like, What are like five things I can do for you that are either free or under $15 that will make you feel loved? 
I feel like it's super valuable if we knew the answers to that question, both as women for the guys and guys, obviously, in pursuing the woman, right? And that, again, to your point, it's not a tall order. Like those, it could be free, five free things, (laughs) writing a letter or the sticky note on the coffee, which is so cute. Um, Things like that. Or like a text during the day, an affirming text or a morning text. I love those. (laughs) Stuff like that, you know? Yes. Those are easy wins that, again, will make us feel romance and let our significant other feel like they are loving us well. Mm, Yeah. Now, I'm going to reference something else, too, because I put this quote down. I recently read a book a while ago called um, Donald Miller's book, Scary Close. I don't know if you've ever read it, but um, he talks about Girl, highlight it, underlined it, marked it up. Yes. There you go. Okay. Um, And he wrote it a few years ago, but I'm just getting into it. But um, this one part really reminded me of what we're talking about now. He wrote like um, how romance and connecting with your partner is more about thoughtful things. He says, handwritten letters or remembering details about their friends or family, sending them an affirming text. Those things mean more than extravagant dates because it shows the person in, is interested in being a part of their world. And I think that a part of their world. Now I'm like queuing up Aladdin in my head. Um, <laughs> or no, wait, not Aladdin. Is it Little Mermaid? I'm sorry. Okay. Disney references. No, Aladdin, a whole new world. A whole new world. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. But that's like reminding me of, yeah, it's just exactly what we're talking about. The thoughtfulness that it's like, a lot of the romance can be more about thoughtfulness than impressiveness. So the guys don't have to like Absolutely. break the bank necessarily um, with all these ideas. Just be thoughtful and pay attention and ask questions. Yeah, absolutely. I have discovering and I wish I would have learned this earlier. I wish someone would have told me this earlier. Mm-hmm. Most, and again, gross generalization. Most men don't necessarily act like they want romance, um, but mm-hmm. at their core, and I don't want to betray my husband, but at <laughs> men's core... They too want to be romanced. They want not just to feel desired, but they want to be cherished as well. Maybe not to the extent as most women, but it is a big value. And so if we're wanting that from our significant other, guess what? If you want it, give it. Yeah. Leave by example and romance your significant other for sure. That's so good. I love it. It goes both ways. It's definitely Mm -hmm. an evaluation process both ways. Um, Okay. So I love that kind of brings me to the next question I have for you because last year when we talked in our last interview, you mentioned you brought up your VDQ, your uh, viable dating quotient, right? Now, can you just go over like what that is again, just in case they didn't hear last time? Um, And then I got a question for you about it. Yes. Okay. So this is not anything psychological. This is (laughs) literally just a standard that I put into place as a good good vetting process for my friends. Again, a lot of this book came out of conversations that I had with uh, girls in transition in their 20s or girls experiencing a pivot point in life in their 30s or moms wanting to connect with their daughters and feeling like, I just don't even know how to connect with them anymore, especially in regards to relationship. So um, if this was kind of like the barometer, the score is three, Mm. just three. It's not 300 or 3000. The score Mm -hmm. is three. Question number one. Does this person love Jesus? Because if they don't love Jesus, they're never going to be able to love you in the way that you need to be loved mm. or also be able to like deal with you in the way that Jesus deals with you because we all need an extra measure of grace. At least I do because I'm crazy. Yes. Question number two, does this person have a job? Because if they don't yes. have a J-O-B, they will not be able to not just even uh, provide for themselves or potentially for you, but also it just demonstrates a level of responsibility. Can they show up to a job? Can they be fiscally and financially responsible? Yes and amen. (laughs) Question number three, and this one is a fill in the blank, but for me, and people can borrow it, is do they shower? (laughs) Do they floss their teeth to the glory of God? Like, I'm sorry, oral hygiene and body care is like a big value for me. So Uh I'm like, if somebody has halitosis from hell, we are not going to make out. We're just not. And so you can be as cute as all get out. But I mean, you could be as hot as hell, but if you don't love Jesus, you don't have a job and you got bad breath, it's just a no-go for me. In the words of Randy from American Idol, that's a no for me, dog. All right. (laughs) I love it. Oh my gosh. That's so good. These are basic things. They're just three things. Like, it's so good. I love this. But also, okay, so I love that you re-explained it. Now, why do you think it's also important? Because I think like a lot of this is for the ladies, but I also think we need to, guys can do this as well in a sense, but like, why do you think it's important for us to also analyze these things for ourselves? I always talk about like, yes, you're looking for someone great, but also make sure in the process you're becoming the kind of person that the person you want to end up with wants to date. 
Absolutely. So, um, self-awareness is a huge mm -hmm. thing in the dating process. And I know that there's some people that are like, Hey, you shouldn't date around. I don't think that you should sleep around, but I, I advocate to go out on a date. And I'm talking about yeah. the original language of a date, the original intent and the original definition of a date. Now we've lost the word date. Um, the definition has been redefined so many different times, but a couple like rules that I stand by a date should be no longer than 90 minutes. Yes. The person who asks is the person who pays mm -hmm. and, um, intimacy should probably be nothing more than an A-frame hug. And I'm demonstrating an A-frame hug. I have two hands coming together at the tip point, okay? Oh Anytime that there's close, intimate, like physical contact, I mean, people get excited, body parts get excited, and it just takes things to another level. So I'm talking Super about- cool. <laughs> being self-aware it's the truth sister it's the truth <laughs> yeah. actually there's research at the university of boston or boston university that's coming out talking about how uh, dating is lost on our generation and mm. it's completely muddled for the next generation mm. so if we don't start fighting to define what dating is and setting the bar high and setting the standards then we are really because the family okay now we're going to get into like psych psychological and it. sociological mm -hmm. implications but because of the latchkey kids coming out of the 80s and uh, so many parents being divorced, the family nucleus of what feels safe in conflict, what feels safe in communication, what feels safe in marriage is no longer there. Mm. And so we are lost on how to engage in relationships. We are lost on what happens when there's conflict. We are lost at what happens when, when intimacy is questioned. Mm. And so what we need to do is we need to be so self-aware on things. What feels safe for me? Yeah, what good. feels safe for the other person? How do I handle conflict? And so when I talk about like uh, setting a level of evaluating other people for the VDQ or viable dating quotient, viable mm -hmm. dating score. I ask myself those same questions when I was single. How is my relationship with God? Yeah. Because if my relationship with God is off, I'm going to look at someone else to complete me in like this kismet Jerry Maguire moment. And yeah. that doesn't happen. In fact, Colossians says that I'm complete in Christ. Mm -hmm. And if that relationship is off, I will never be able to be satiated or satisfied by anyone else. Then the second thing is, do I have a job? Now for me, yes, I do have a job, but I'm talking about for me, I'm going to level up. Am I walking in the fullness of what God has called me to? Mm. So it's not just, do I have a paycheck? Am I walking out the potential of that, what God has called me to? Yes. So I'm going to go to do work and like, am I, do I have a job? Am I walking in the fullness of my calling and potential? Great. If the answer to those questions are yes, then the third question I'm going to ask is, am I in shape to date. Mm -hmm. Now that is going to be physical. That's going to be emotional yeah. and that's going to be psychological for me. Yeah. So if I've let myself go, I have a tendency to throw myself like into, I, I hate saying this coping. My coping mechanism isn't drugs or alcohol or sex or pornography. My coping mechanism has been food ever mm. since I was a kid. Mm. And so I need to make sure that I'm not having suffering from disordered eating or eating disorders or food binging or any of that stuff. Yeah. Then relationally, how's my friends? If, if I don't have a lot of friends in this season of life, I've got to ask myself why, yeah. if I'm in the NFL, the no friends league will ask myself why maybe it's <laughs> oh, because yeah. I got some issues that I need to work through. And then lastly, how am I spiritually? Is my relationship mm. with God on point? Is my relationship with friends on point? Is my relationship with self on point? Mm. And if all of those are a yes, then I give myself a green light to date. Mm. That's good, girl. And do you think that there's also like boundary or like a level of like, oh, I notice these things and I'm becoming aware in the process? Because I do think that we're also, there's a level of like, we're never going to reach a level of perfect where all those th three things are like perfectly amazing. You know, like there's some of them where like, we're doing well, but maybe we're still working on a few things. Does that make sense? Like, do you feel that there's grace in that as well? No, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And thank you so much for bringing that up because I think it, I think it was a, like a really hard sell and I go in hard for oh, like self, <laughs> self care and self-awareness. At the same time, um, I am a woman of faith, so I'm going to come at this completely from a faith perspective. Yes. And I know that you are too, mm -hmm. but I just want to clarify because there might be people that aren't people of faith. And mm -hmm. I want to say one, thank you for listening to the podcast. Yes. We love you I and love you're welcome you. here. Yes. And then, um, and that, but I, so I'm going to say this word and I know this word feels muddled if people don't have a faith background, but this word grace is super important in dating relationships and dare I say all relationships. Yeah. So grace is this understanding of, Hey, I'm not where I should be, but by the grace of God, by the love of God, by the forgiveness of God, I am 
I'm not where I used to be. Mm. And so if we can walk into this relationship, let's say, you know, it's me and Matt when we were dating and um, there was a huge level of grace for him because he was previously married and had two kids. Mm. And so I had to understand, I'm walking into this relationship with this understanding of your life's going to feel different. Your life's going to look different from anyone else I've ever dated. And quite honestly, I've got to be okay with the fact that your heart is split and it's not just me. It's your kids as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so uh, the the viable dating score, the viable dating question that Matt got was a perfect three, but there's a lot of other areas where it wasn't perfect, right. and the score was a little bit low. So I'm coming into this and saying, "Hey, is there room for growth and Im- improvement?" The question I have to ask when dating someone is, "If this never changes, will I still love this person?" Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, then move on. Mm-hmm. And I, with Matt having. 65% custody of the kids. I knew that was never going to change. I also knew it was going to be really, really, really freaking hard. Mm. And I said, yes, because I loved him. And nine years later, we still here. You're still here, girl. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's so good. And for me, like one of the biggest qualities I always say and look for kind of on top of like your VDQ, I would say as I'm, as I'm meeting someone is like, in general, do they, are they teachable? Do they have a growth mindset? You know, um, if they notice an area that's kind of messed up or broken, are they willing to say, to not shove it under the rug, but say, you know what, I have a humbleness to admit this and I want to work through it. And I have a way, like a process in place, whether it's mentorship, therapy, spiritual, like healing, whatever it is to work this out and like reading books, whatever it is. um, That's like super powerful and important. And honestly, one of the sexiest things I think for any person to do, it's like, because we're always going to notice things in our life that come up um, for us and it's how we deal with those and how we move forward and process and seek growth in that. Um, I'm like, okay, if someone does that, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm way more in now that I've seen that, you know, than absolutely. Okay, friends, I just want to take a quick break in our amazing episode today to share with you our incredible sponsor for this episode. This episode is brought to you by Denison Ministries. Denison Ministries is a movement creating 7 million culture-changing Christians who are committed to carrying out the truths of the gospel to their sphere of influence. One of my favorite ways that Denison Ministries is helping Christians feel closer to God is through their First 15 devotional. First 15 is designed to help you spend the first 15 minutes of your day experiencing God through meaningful devotionals, scripture, worship, and prayer. Now, we always talk about how singleness and dating is the perfect season to grow closer to God, right? I mean, it really is. We can't waste this time. We have to make the most of every moment that we have. We really do. The additional time that we have now needs to be spent growing closer to God as much as we possibly can. So if you hear me saying that right now and you're like, yeah, Kate, that's great and all, but I am busy, friend. Well, I hear you. I am also busy at doing awesome things as I'm sure you're doing too. But here's a deal. Can you not at least spend 15 minutes a day studying and being with God? I mean, that is at least a priority we should be making in our life right now. So friend, I want to encourage you to sign up for the First 15 email devotional that can be sent directly to your inbox at first15.org forward slash subscribe. Or you can even start your day off with the First 15 devotional podcast and listen to that anywhere that's convenient for you. Join me in doing this simple but really, really impactful discipline so we can together really begin pressing into knowing God in a bigger and better way in our singleness. Now, y'all know I am all about putting yourself out there, but also in that, I'm aware that heartbreak and rejection is a huge possibility. So are you putting yourself out there and constantly feel rejected? Or have you gone through a breakup and maybe you're struggling through the healing process? Or maybe something just is not what you thought and you feel shock and total grief. Or maybe you feel overwhelming sadness and anger. Or friend, do you struggle with the lies of unworthiness and rejection? Whatever it is, I want you to know I'm incredibly passionate about this subject as a woman who has been through this numerous times. Let me tell you, I have felt the weight of rejection more than I can say. So with that said, I wanted to create a free resource for you. The six resources to help you heal from heartbreak. You can go ahead and grab this free resource by visiting heartofdating.com forward slash heal from heartbreak. I created this to make you feel seen and heard and just help you along in your healing journey. So I hope you feel encouraged by it. 
Now, I want to also talk about another topic. So I'm just kind of diving into lots of your dating chapters, girl, because it was just so good. But your whole book's amazing. (laughs) But obviously, we're sticking into the dating concept for today. Um, Now, in chapter seven, and we kind of touched on this a bit, but you talk about like, say what you want and mean what you say. And I think that I talked to so many guys who are like, I don't know what in the world women actually want. And it's reminding me of that, like, Mel Gibson women movie, like, what women want. Like, guys just have zero ability typically to read a woman's mind. Um, they just don't. They have no idea most of the time what we're thinking. And off, oftentimes we think it's extremely clear, but it's not to them. And they're like, what? I had no idea, you know? And you literally list out some hilarious things. I put it on my Instagram a few weeks ago. People were laughing hysterically, got so many DMs about um, some of this um, <laughs> because people were like, that's real, that I do that. Or the guys were like, oh my gosh, amen. I'll read a few of them, but you say a guy you're attracted to gives you some attention and you consider him flirtatious and interested. A guy who is not your type gives you similar attention and you decide he's clingy and needy. Even that alone is hysterical because it's like, you're like, ooh, he's interested in me. And the other time, if it's not someone you're like, you're like, get away from me, brother. Like you're, you smell and I'm not into you. Don't be needy and clingy. It's so funny how we do this. Uh, Or you say a guy is intentional and direct and you freak out that maybe he's too forward and moving too fast. But then a guy takes things too slowly and you wonder what in the world is his problem? Um, I just am like, you're right, girl, these double standards. Um, So let's just talk about this. Guys right now listening are like, amen, what do the ladies want? This is very confusing. Um, how can women actually, in a kind way, without demanding it, like, how do you think we should better be clear with the guys? Okay, so I'm passionate about this topic, and a lot of those, a lot of those examples came out of my real dating life. Yes. I'm so embarrassed and ashamed to admit it, but it's like real talk. <laughs> so I, I, I love that we get to have this just this super honest conversation because the truth of the matter is, is most guys, if they're into you, really do want to know what you want. Yes. But I think again, we're we're talking in in broad, sweeping general gen, generalities, and I, right. I recognize that. But for the sake of the conversation and the direction of the conversation, we'll stick with generalities. But. <laughs> I think most of us, we want someone who is our kismet match to read our mind, just read our mind, just know what we want and know what we're thinking. And there's this one movie. Oh my gosh. Totally. Totally. There's this one movie that came out a number of years ago. It was called White Men Can't Jump. Um, She's laying in bed with Billy and um, she says, Billy, I'm thirsty. And she's Puerto Rican. So she's like, Billy, I'm thirsty. And so Billy gets up, goes to the kitchen, brings her back a glass of water. And she says, Billy, when I say I'm thirsty, I don't want you to get up and get me a glass of water. I want you to say, I too know what it feels like to thirst. (laughs) And I think that reveals so much of the complication of women. We want a sense of empathy rather than fixing our problems. Mm. But the problem with that is that it breaks down communication. Yeah. So I say this in the book and um, I, I, and you mentioned this earlier, but that this book, uh, a lot of my mentoring, a lot of my uh, guiding principles, a lot of my friends uh, that helped me uh, kind of figure out life for, from Bible characters. And this book is rooted with an under uh, undercurrent, the story of Ruth and Naomi out of the book of Ruth. It's just a small four chapter book in the old Testament. Mm. But I love that there's this one scene where, um, and I say scene because it reads like a movie. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. But there's this one scene where um, Ruth, who's this young single woman, has a very hard conversation, a DTR with Boaz, the man who could fix the problem. And what when we read this, she says, spread the corner of your garment over me. Now we can read that and not really understand, you know, some people say, well, she was laying at his feet and it was nighttime. So she wanted a corner of the blanket. <laughs> that is bad theology and people have not done their homework. <laughs> so in Hebrew, we take this phrase, spread the corner of your garment over me. That was a Hebrew idiom for, will you marry me? Mm. So here's this woman who has a very direct and clear conversation with her love interest. And she says, will you marry me? Now. Some women are going to hear this and then go on bend knee and propose to their bae. I'm not advocating for that. I'm just saying what she said basically was, boo me up, baby. Because you are my, in Hebrew, my goel. You are my kinsman redeemer. You are the one that has right 
to me. Mm. And I think that if we can just be that honest and that clear, it would save so many of these ambiguous friendships that right. we have with guys. Oh, and so I saw, many. I follow you online. <laughs> I've, I've listened to your podcast. Guys and girls can be friends, this sort of stuff. And I say yes to that if two people are healthy. Yes, but what happens is that we get people who automatically feel like, oh my gosh, I'm your P31. I'm your poverty one woman. I'm just going to just fix your life. And then guys think that these girls are crazy. Or there's a guy that's like, yo, I'm your Boaz. I can fix your life. You know, whoop de whoop. And we just need to have honest conversations about what are we? So if someone slides into your DM and they y'all are DMing for several weeks and then it moves to text and then y'all are texting, but there isn't like a formal phone conversation or a date, I think it's totally fine. And it's totally apropos. And it's not creepy because I subscribe to the school of thought. You don't want to lead someone on or you don't want your time to be wasted because time is of the essence. And like, I go back to this and I'm just, this is a caveat that's not in the book and I wish it was, but think about this 50 years ago, the greatest commodity was owning land. Mm. 40 years ago, the greatest commodity was like technology. And you know, if we, we can back this, up years and say the greatest commodity was fire. The greatest commodity was electricity. So let's move this forward. You know, in the nineties, the greatest commodity was technology. Mm -hmm. Now the greatest commodity is time. Mm, The greatest asset that we have is time. And so when you give someone time, you are giving them your greatest asset, your greatest commodity. So don't waste time. If you are, if you were thinking that this guy is trying to holler at you and chirp at you because he wants to be with you, it is okay Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I just want to make sure that we're on the same page. And it's cool if you're not trying to like get with me, but I just would like to know if we're not. And then you get to decide if you want that relationship to continue. Because yes. if someone just wants to like be your friend and pick your brain and waste your time and you're okay with it, fine. I'm oh, not. Bye, boo. I'm leaving. It is so true. And what you're saying is like, so I talk to you and I coach women and guys, but I coach people one-on-one. And I've actually had a lot of one-on-one clients who where people get kind of attached to the idea of somebody through these friendationships, situationships, whatever we want to call them. And it's so confusing. And you're trying to read between the lines and you're like, well, he texted me more than uh, he texted me multiple times this week, or he wrote me back super quickly, or he smiled at me at church service, you know, whatever it is, we're trying to make up these things in our mind where like, maybe he just like, looked at you across the room he doesn't even know he really made eye contact with you for example or maybe he didn't even think twice about texting you and it's not because he's really making you a priority or it's just convenient for him you know it's not that he thought of you and went out of his way so we kind of build up this idea of like oh and we start getting emotionally attached to people to be honest um we don't even know what's going on uh and I think it's like to your point with my even where I posted about guys and girls being friends like it has to have a lot of communication if that's going to happen. It's the only right. way I can have guy friends. Right. I'm like, if it ever gets foggy, if I'm ever confused, if this is a different motive, I'm like, hey, so I just want to check in here. I, you know, we talk a lot. You're a great friend of mine. I want to make sure we are on the same page because I really care about so you. So good. And I just don't want there so to be good. any yeah. ambiguity, you know, and that's yep. your opportunity. If they and- say no. If they're like, I'm good, you know, we're yep. just friends. That's on them. Girl, if they have feelings. I'm clapping it up for you. <laughs> Slow clap for you. Cause that shows that you are emotionally aware mm-hmm. and intellectually healthy. Mm. So kudos, sister, for Thanks, real. girl. But it's true. We need to have these conversations. And what you just said, too, like girls can start these DTR conversations. Girls can share. If they're getting confused by a guy, a woman can ask questions. Like you can ask questions. You yeah. can say, because your need is I need clarity. So if you need clarity, girl, don't just wait around for him to like bring up the conversation. Then initiate the clarity conversation. Maybe he's good, honestly. Absolutely. Maybe he's fine. And Absolutely. You're not fine. <laughs> Um, yeah. This, okay. So there's one last thing I really want to touch on, girl. And this is kind of something that I talk about a lot on my Instagram, my personal page, Kateness. I do this thing called the Single Ladies Challenge for lots of women, where it's like getting out of your comfort zone. And one of our challenges is to hashtag drop the hanky. And this is, you know, the concept where basically women show the guy interest, <laughs> right? And it's mm-hmm. like doing it through yeah. a variety of ways. But why do you think? Because I think so much of your book really touches on this, especially with the example of Ruth. But why do we just need to get out there and kind of drop the hanky and show men interest? Like, are you a fan of that girl? 
I am. I am. And I think like sometimes, again, I, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but it's almost kind of like when we wait, and I say this not from a place of health or excellence because I didn't do it like you. Mm. It was, you know, I have a, a twin sister who called me out and I said, you know, at this point it was, it was, you know, cute at 18 to be like, I'm waiting for the perfect guy. And then like mm -hmm. 21 happened. You're just like, well, I'll just wait until after grad school, which was basically like an excuse because I wasn't dating anyone. And then finally at 29, my sister was, was like, Hey, uh, or she, it, was, it was 28. She said, Hey, I just feel like you're waiting for you know, the red sea to part for God to bring someone to you. And I'm like, yes. And that way in the reality of like, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> I, I have this, I have this, when I talk about dating now, it's like this taxi light mentality. So, you know, when a cab in New York is available because the taxi yes. light is on. Yeah. Well, if we don't put our taxi light on, if we don't allow ourselves to be viewed as like, Hey, I'm open and free, yes. then we can't be surprised if no one hollers at us. That's good. So I'm not saying that you should, you know, wear a crop top and booty shorts, you know, yeah. don't like shake what your mama gave you. I'm saying <laughs> that you could smile. You have, you could sparkle. Well, what does sparkle mean? It's that je ne sais quoi. It's the, yes. it's, it, it's it's letting someone know that you are open for a conversation. Mm. It it could be just a, a twinkle in the eye, uh, a, an upturn of a smile. It could be a greeting, a hello. Yes. It could be an introduction. But don't be afraid. I have this thing, and I say this all the time. It's weird if you're weird, yes, okay. But if yes. you're not weird, don't make it weird. It won't be weird. Yeah. It's okay to introduce yourself to someone. Don't be weird. It's okay to ask someone if you can follow them on social media. Don't be weird. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you ask someone out for a cup of coffee. Don't be weird. And if they say no, don't be weird and get all aggro and go all crazy. Like, you know, yep. I was going to name my first child after you. Don't go crazy. Just say thank you for your honesty and move on. Move on. But yes. definitely I'm with you in regards to putting yourself out there. I you love, don't have to wear a sign. Yes. It's okay to sparkle. The taxi cab reference is so good. Be open, be free in a way, like not like shaking what your mama gave you, like I just said, but show that you are open and that you are yeah. potentially interested. And that's another huge part is like, if the man isn't interested, if you do that, ladies, and the man isn't interested, be proud of yourself for putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, you did it, yeah. you know, and that maybe went out of your comfort zone. Guys have to do this all the time. I have so much like respect for guys asking women out because I'm like, they get rejected all the time. And then we do it like once and we're like <laughs> devastated. We're like, he didn't, I DM'd him and he never messaged back. I'm like, okay, that's okay, girl, it's fine. Do you want a guy that's not even <laughs> going to message you back? Like you don't want a guy who's at least not going to have the courtesy to say something back. Yes. Um, you yes. know, and guys get rejected all the time. We, it happens to us once and we're like, oh my gosh, my world is destroyed. I thought I was going to marry the worship pastor and now that dream is over. And um, and yeah, we just, because of the we create these stories, but I love that. Like we need to go into it also being able to be aware that rejection might happen and that's and we got to still have a strong and sense. And it's okay. Yeah, exactly. We got to have a strong yeah. sense of self, even if that does happen. And and do you still think like even if a woman initiates and drops the hanky like that still gives room for a man to still pursue, right? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I I will end with this. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely think that we should pursue, but I don't think that we should be thirsty. Yeah. And I'm not talking about like a Billy give me a glass of water. I'm talking about like thirsty as in desperate. Like yeah. thirsty as in parched. There is a line when you yes. could drop a hanky, but if you've dropped a hundred hankies and a brother ain't biting, move on, sister. Yeah. So good. All right, Bianca. Um, just your very last nugget of dating advice. We always ask this question. It can be really fast. What would be your last final nugget of dating advice for Heart of Dating listeners today? You know, I feel like, and this is pulled straight out of the playbook of Ruth. Yeah. But just don't think that it's over. Mm. I've, I talked to so many men and women who kind of are at the end of their rope and they're like, you know what? I'm 28. I'm 38. I'm 48. And love is just not in the cards for me. Mm. I believe that our pain is not for not. I know that our pain and believe because God is sovereign and because he's providential, which means he is overall, that our pain will have a purpose. And I think that even in the lack, even in the loss, even in the want, God's presence can be felt. And I think walking away and holding on to like, my completion isn't going to come from somebody. Yeah. My wholeness is not going to come from someone. 
I'm going to hold on and believe that God has something good for me, that I'm not forsaken or forlorn. And though, though this dream might be dead, though this relationship might be dead, though this hope might be dead, if I am not dead, then God is not done. Mm-hmm. And I'm holding on to the truth and the faith that God's going to redeem this situation, whether I'm yeah. single for now or single forever. Mm-hmm. I believe that God still sees me. He still loves me. I'm important to him. And that's what I want to communicate the most. That's so good, girl. That's so good. I even received that for myself. Thank you. Oh, so good. <laughs> so I'm like, I receive it. Thank you. I'm like tearing up over here. Um, Bianca, you're amazing, girl. Um, if everyone listening wants to go get your book, I which I highly recommend, where since it's out now, um, where can they get it? Where can they go and get it? Okay. So I love technology. The fastest way to get it is Amazon. If you just type in my name, Bianca Oltoff, O-L-T-H-O-F-F, or how to have your life not suck. You can get Mm -hmm. it on Amazon. You can also get it at Barnes and Noble, Target. And if you just want more information about what's in the book, you can go to BiancaOltoff.com forward slash not suck. Love it. Yes. Everyone's going to get it. I love you, girl. You're amazing. Thank you for just your heart and for writing this book. I know it's such a feat writing a book. It's like launch. It's like literally birthing a baby. So you've just birthed a new baby. Birthing a baby. Yeah, girl. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, But thank you for gifting us with this. And for not only singles, it's for so many different people, but you have such great content even for us as singles. And so I just thank you so much for having a heart for us. Um, And I know so many people are going to be touched by it. So thank Thank you, girl. Hey, just thank you so much and all of your listeners for tuning in. My heart and hope is that people read this book and are completely blessed by it. Mm, They will be. You're the best girl. All right. So how's about that fire today to kick off our first episode of season four today with Bianca Oltoff, right? You guys, gosh, I just loved it so much. Bianca's heart to serve us singles is so big. She brings so much truth, so much ferocity. It is incredible. And I'm so thankful for her. I hope you guys just feel really, really inspired by all the truth she had to share today. And I want to remind you to not forget to pick up her book, how to have your life not suck. It's so good. I read it in like a few days because it was just like so amazing. Amazing, so go pick up yours right now. Also, you guys, I can't wait because starting next week, we're doing our first series on the podcast. We're going to be talking about rejection and heartbreak and covering topics like dealing with rejection as a man, how to break soul ties, how to spot abuse, how to get out of abuse and identify codependency. It's going to be incredible. And I think y'all are going to love the guests and the content we have coming up. So can't wait to see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network.